Good morning, everyone. And is it on? Yes. Great. Good. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Jane. And uh, thank you, everyone. It's great to, great to see you all here, especially if you're visiting. I know some of you are. A uh, big welcome to you. Uh, my name's Matthew. I'm a member here at this church. Uh, Tracy, our pastor, is away for the weekend. And uh, so we're kind of... Uh, Stand-in team, reserves, so to speak. And um, we're looking uh, over these few weeks at a subject which is a very uh, personal subject. I know there's a lot of big things going on in the news at, uh, at the moment. Out there, there's, there's been you know, Brexit and there's been... Will, has the, the president's been impeached? Will he be removed? And there's coronavirus and all these big global things, uh, announcements in the Middle East. But what we're looking at these few weeks is to do with you and me and our faith in God. It's a very personal thing. It's a very personal thing. And specifically what we're looking at is five ways that God grows our faith. Five ways that God grows our faith. And this week we're on to number two. Now why, why is it so important that we look at faith and our personal faith? I thought of two reasons. You know... Having a growing faith in God is such a fundamental part of who God designed us to be. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a law. It's like, a, it's like a, a principle. It's so important that we know from the Bible that when our faith is growing, when we have faith in God, then it brings deep joy to God's heart because he knows things are going right. That's who he made us to be. And also at the same time, it brings great joy to our hearts as well. No matter what we're going through, no matter what the circumstances are, if our faith in God is growing, there can be a deep joy in our hearts. That's my testimony. That's my experience. I wonder if it is yours as well. Look, five things, five different ways that God grows faith. The first one we looked at last week was, can anyone remember? I can. Practical teaching. Practical teaching. Tracy shared about that. And each one of these five starts with the letter P. All right. This week we're going to be looking at the second one. Now, when people describe their journeys of faith, and uh, we, we saw one of them this morning on the, on the screen, didn't we? But maybe from time to time you've, you've heard somebody talk about their, their journey of faith with God. And I'm, I am sure, without a doubt they will have mentioned other people, maybe even a significant person, as they told their story. Maybe something like this. Um, they might say something like, I never used to think about God at all. But then I ended up sharing a flat with somebody who's a Christian. Or it could be something like this. Um, I used to think that, that, uh, that God was irrelevant. I'd been to church, I wasn't very interested, but there was one teacher at my school who was different. Or something like that. You get what I mean? And it may even be that in your life, if I were to ask you about your faith story, you would mention somebody as well, maybe more than one person. 
And that's because, and here's, here's where the, this second thing that starts with P comes along, God uses providential relationships. Now don't worry about the word, we're going to come back to it. Providential relationships as one way of building our faith. Let's put that up on the screen. Okay, thank you Sharon. He uses providential relationships as a way of building our faith. Now what does that mean? Providential is, starts with the letter P. Or I wouldn't have chosen it myself. But it is actually a good word in this situation. It's not just the, the name of a building society or something. It does, it does mean, it, it, firstly, it means this, at exactly the right time. At exactly the right time. And the second thing it means was, behind it, there was some forethought, divine forethought. God worked this out. Those two things come together in that word providential. It happened at exactly the right time, and God was behind it. Okay? God uses providential relationships in our lives to build faith in him. So if you were to ask me my story, and I know you're not, but say if you were, and I was to tell you my story, I would mention a whole load of different people. I've just chosen one person that I'm going to mention to you. You've never met him, you probably never will. Let's see if this thing works. Ping. Right. Recognize this guy? No. His name is Ryan. Now, Ryan doesn't even live in this country. Ryan lives in America. Um... We met him, uh, our family, uh, this is before Alice was born even, um, when we were living in Asia, me and Saffron, part of our job was to welcome uh, Christian workers from other countries and help them to get oriented, this is like, like beginning of work training. So they'd come from all over the world and they'd be with us for two weeks and um, we would uh, interview them and we'd train them and all sorts of things. And then they would go and they would be involved in planting churches and uh, community projects and stuff all over China. Now, Ryan was one of these guys, and he's a, he's a few years younger than me, um, maybe about six years younger or something. Never met him before, and he was part of this, this, this group that, that arrived and we were supposed to look after for a couple of weeks. And... After a few days, hearing, you know, Ryan just he introduced himself, uh, shared a few things, and I thought, this is somebody that I really, really want to know. This is somebody that I really want to pray with, actually. I knew he was going to be moving to the city where we lived, and I was, I was looking for somebody that I could spend time with and pray with like that. And so... Um, it was just a few weeks afterwards, um, and we were chatting. I said, look, Ryan, I know this, you might think this is a bit weird, but I would love to be able to meet with somebody and pray with them every couple of weeks, you know, for my own spiritual benefit. Would you be up for that? And he said, yeah, I would love to do that. And so for the next few years, that's what we did. We used to meet at lunch times. When I'd get out of work, he'd get out of college, and, and we would meet up. We'd probably go for some noodles in a, in a, in a little cafe, and, uh, and then we would pray. And we just talk about what's going on during the week. Nothing heavy, but it was so, so precious. It was, it was deep. This was a relationship that God dropped into my life that helped me through a whole load of difficult things, actually. And, and, 
though I don't see him that often now, we, we're in touch on Skype. I'll ping him a message. Are you there, Ryan? Should we have a little chat? How are you doing? Tell us how your family is. And uh, it's, a, it's such an important relationship for me. It was a providential relationship from God. Now, providential relationship doesn't have to last very long. And I'd even say it doesn't even have to be a friendship. It just is something that God drops into your life and his plan is to build your faith somehow through your interaction with that person. Anyone here ever had anything like that? Right, at least one person. Thank you. (laughs) That's great. You know what I'm talking about. Now, of course, we know that when, people, when God drops people into or people just kind of pop up in our lives unexpected, some, sometimes it can affect our faith in negative ways too, can't it? That's, a, that's another thing that maybe you've experienced. You think, oh, why did God allow me to meet that person? And, and, um, and, and that could be a problem. But, but, you know, we can't control these things, actually. We can't control them. It's God who's in control. The question is, how do we respond and how do we make the most of these, uh, these relationships? I'm not talking about using people. Absolutely not. What I'm talking about is, is what does God want to do through introducing me to this person? Because, you know, we can't control it. You will be forced, probably. Let's say you're, you're somebody who's in school right now. Some of you are in school or college. You, you've got to go to college or school and you're going to be surrounded by a whole load of people who are not necessarily very positive about God. You can't help that. You've got to go there. You've got to be at school. You can't not listen to them, right? That means when you have the opportunity to be around people who love God, you've got to make the most of that time, right? In fact, God wants us to be also with people who, who don't know him at all and have no thought of him. That's part of our, our mission, isn't it? But, unless we're spending time with people who love God, then we're missing out on that opportunity to have our faith built up. So, well done everybody for being here. Okay. Also, I know from my experience that there's kind of a gravitational pull in my life. You know what I mean? The force of gravity. Something... Something that, that pulls you. I can't do anything about it. And that pull is down. <laughs> right? It's like gravity. If I'm left alone, if I'm left to my own devices, my heart, my faith, just, it does that. It doesn't do this naturally. It doesn't go up naturally. It needs help. And people, you actually, are a part of that. You're a part of that. I very fa- rarely find myself being tempted to be good or tempted to be honest or tempted to be kind. It's the opposite, isn't it? Uh, uh, the natural inclination of our heart seems to be down. But God wants to lift us up. So, what do we do? Here's where it gets practical. And I'm sure you're thinking, about time, Matthew. That time you got practical about something. So, um, here's, here's my suggestion. I've got three very quick suggestions for, them, for you. One thing is that you put yourself, put yourself in places where God can build your faith. 
Now that might mean physically in a place where you know there will be other Christians, right? Coming to church on a Sunday morning. You know, God doesn't, it's not like God says, tick, well done. You know, what, what a good person you are. But for your, the sake of your own personal faith building, be here. Be with people. Have your faith built up. It's good for you. It's good for you. It's good for me. And we can put ourselves in, 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 in the right place as well in other ways. You could, you could join a group, a smaller group. Now, I'm part of a house group, a home group. Uh, anybody else here part of a home group? Can I put your hands up? Yeah. Or if you're part of recovery group, put your hands up as well. So everyone, you've all got your hands up still. If, you're part, if you come on a Wednesday afternoon here, yeah, if some people put their hands up. If you're part of a prayer partnership, there's, there's loads, of, loads of different ways that you can be part of a group, a big group, small group, where your faith can be built up. There's, there's some options on here. I'm not suggesting that you go to Brownies. Uh, that is on here. But, I mean, there's, there's loads of options. Actually, I don't know why, but the house groups aren't on here. Should be. But anyway, uh, if you want to know more about them, somebody around you will probably know about a house group. And if, and if the person next to you doesn't, come and chat with me, and uh, I'll tell you about the one we go to. It's brilliant. We meet every couple of weeks, got to know each other really well, we pray for one another, and we read the Bible together. Simple, brilliant. That's the first thing. Put yourself in places where faith grows. Secondly, ask the questions. Ask the questions that lead to faith building. So it's all very well going along to a thing, you know, being in, the, in a place with people. But if you just, you know, when it's over, you just walk out the door, or you, you, you never engage in a conversation with somebody, you're missing out. Now, look. I know you might not realize this with me standing at the front, but I am actually a naturally very introvert person. I can happily spend weeks on my own, right? I, I, and, and going and being part of groups is not something that I really, you know, I want to do as much as possible. I'm not like that, unlike Saffron, who loves it, right? But, but, but I, I have to pick and choose, right? And I can easily be in a place and not engage people in conversation. But what God has shown me during my life so far is I miss out if I don't ask people questions. And you know what? You might not have done this before, but a spiritual question. Right? So if you're with somebody who's a Christian, say you're with, you're with Julie, let's say. You're with Julie, and you could say to her, Julie, uh, what could, have you got any hints and tips for, for, for how I could pray. Because I really like to be able to pray more and I find it difficult. And just see what she says. Right? You haven't lost anything. You could gain masses. Right? Or you, you ask somebody, you ask, uh, you ask Ralph, Ralph, what's, what's your favorite bit of the Bible? Yeah? Or you ask Joe, you, you could say, what's God doing in your life at the moment, Joe? Has he ever helped you through a difficult time? Make it a spiritual conversation and God will grow your faith. So that's the, the first one was put yourself in a place where, where faith can grow. Second one, ask the questions that lead to spiritual conversations. Third, make the decisions that will build your faith. Because out of all of those, you will have choices to make, things that you can do, little things. It might be to 
go along to help out at something. It might be to talk with such and such a person at work about how they look sad every day. It might be to read something in the Bible that you've never read before. Make the decisions, and bit by bit, your faith will grow. The more you say no to those things in your heart and in your head, the further back you'll go, the further down you go. It's very practical, isn't it? I'm going to illustrate this with just one story, and then we're done. It's a Bible story. You might have been wondering, where's the Bible in all this? That's what we're getting to now, okay? Because actually, this is a story that we've been studying in our home group. Who would have thought, hey? So uh, we just started looking at it last, not last week. And um, it's about a lady who, who lived in the country that we now call Jordan. And um, one day, God dropped relationships into her life. Dropped a family into her life that she'd never seen before. A refugee family came in from Israel because there was a famine in Israel. Wasn't enough food. So they turn up probably in her town or something. And she got to know these people and she ended up marrying the son. There were two sons, two boys in this family. She ended up marrying one of them. Now around that time, disaster struck. And the father of that family died. And her new husband died as well. And a new brother-in-law. And she ended up very quickly in this situation being kind of stuck with her mother-in-law and her sister-in-law, neither of whom she'd married. I mean, none of us go into, into marriage, you know, because of the in-laws, do we? But that's what she ended up with because her husband had died. And this was a foreign family. They were refugees. And, and then, and then a mother-in-law says, I've heard that God has provided more food back at home, so I'm going to go back home to my home country. And Ruth, that's the the lady in this story, Ruth, you can read her story in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Ruth is faced with a question at this point. Is she going to stay in the place that she knows, or is she going to go with this woman that's just been dropped into her life, a mother-in-law, a foreign mother-in-law, is she going to go with her because it's clear there is something different about this older lady. There is something different about her. She talks about God. She says that God has provided food back in the home country. She does have some faith. And Ruth, who's from a country where people didn't worship God at all, or certainly not, not that God, is thinking, do I stay or do I go? That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Should I, should I stay or should I go? Yeah, that's right. One of my faves. Let's put up, let's put up the words that she, that she says at that point. She makes a decision, and she says this to her mother-in-law, After a mother-in-law said, go back, it'll be better for you actually if you go home. Ruth says, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. 
I've only read it once, I could almost say it off by heart. It's so easy, isn't it? It's that repetition that's in there. Where you go, I will go. Let's say it together, actually. How about that? Can you see the words okay? Let's say it together. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God. Uh, funny actually Tracy last week said something about um, memorising verses from the Bible and uh, she said God is not impressed by people who memorise the Bible and she's right you know God is not impressed by that but I'm sure that she would agree with me that if you want to give God the opportunity to grow your faith let the words that God says sit in your heart you know if you remember even vaguely what this is talking about, but especially if you remember the words during this week and carry them in your heart, God is going to speak to you through this for your own sake. It's a good thing. All right? And if you remember that it's from the book of Ruth, you can go and find it afterwards. That's practically helpful for you. All right? Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. This was the best example I could think of in the Bible of somebody who had a relationship dropped into their life, a providential relationship. It was Ruth's mother-in-law. And Ruth had to think, what do I do with this? And she decided, because something about this lady seems different and something about her God seems right, I'm going to go with her. I'm going to stay with her. I'm going to listen to her. Her people are going to be my people. Her God is going to be my God. And her faith grew. Her faith grew. She put herself in the right place. She asked about the right things. She made the right decisions. (laughs) And her faith grew. You know, somebody... um, Somebody said, the, your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. Um, let's say this, your relationships. Your relationships will determine the direction and quality of your life. And that's true if we're talking with little children, isn't it? Or, or you know, teenagers as well. Friends you make now, you know, they'll affect who you are when you're older. But let me say this as well. If you're 70, if you're 80... The people that you decide to spend time with, if you're 40, 50, 30, 20, the people that you decide to spend time with now and what you make of those relationships, if you seek out, seek out relationships that will help you to build your faith, they will determine who, in God's grace, you become. Right? So there's your challenge for this week. See what you can make of it. Let's pray, shall we? Lord God, I want to thank you for the, the special people that you have dropped into my life at just the right time. I mentioned Ryan, but there's been so many others, Lord, over the years. Thank you that you chose to do that partly in order to grow my faith. And maybe there have been times when you've done the same with me. You've dropped me into somebody else's life. I didn't even know it. And, and somehow they were blessed and their faith was built up. 
Lord, we together, we thank you for the times that you've done that in our lives. And we pray, Lord, that you would teach us how to make the most of these blessings that you give us and to be intentional and to put ourselves in the right place and to ask the right questions and make the right decisions so that the conditions are right for our faith to grow. Thank you for all of the, the groups and the activities that go on uh, in and around this, uh, this church, the house groups and the recovery group and a Wednesday group, the youth activities, so many different things, Lord, happening that, that uh, many of us here are part of. Thank you for the way that you've, you've used them to bless us. Build our faith more, we pray, because we know when that happens, it brings joy to your heart and it satisfies us. It satisfies us at the deepest level. Thank you for your words and thank you for being with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.